Greetings, hockey friends. Welcome to another edition of the Kraken Knights show. If you're a returning listener, you don't need to adjust your sound. You do have the right show. I'm your co-host, JP, <laughs> and we're doing a little switcheroo today. I'm going to kind of run the host chair and uh, pass it to my temporary co-host today, Ian, who you'll all know. But uh, yes, welcome to another edition of the Kraken Night Show, the only show dedicated to the two youngest teams in the NHL, and that's, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. How you doing, Ian? Yeah, I'm good, man. Is I'm it, good. This is weird. So, it's a little strange. It's, it's very you, weird. You always talk first. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I almost felt like it was just, I was like, don't, don't butt in, don't butt in, let him go. <laughs> And uh, like a couple of weeks ago, you were the stats man. Now you're the host. It's just we're just yeah. moving around, mate. We're we're keeping people on their toes. So. Well, inappropriately, um, it's been a weird, weird world lately for both <laughs> of these teams. So uh, mm. we might as well get weird here too, right? Like uh, let's let's switch it up because clearly both of our teams need to switch things up. <laughs> mm. um, before we get into that, though, before we get too heavily into what's going on specifically with the two teams, I have mm-hmm. an analogy that I would like to kick things off with. There's an analogy that I use. Uh, it's it's a bit of an analogy for sports fandom and, and the experience that sports fans go through. And it really helps me live in a place where I can enjoy sports and I can enjoy following my team, but not get too bent out of shape and too invested so that when things aren't going well, I'm not just miserable all the time, right? Sports fandom can be misery uh, if you take it too (laughs) seriously. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge nice fan, love my team. But when things aren't going well, you know, you you can't control it, right? Um, So it's important to keep things in perspective. So the way I look at sports fandom is it's like watching a great drama unfold. It's like going to see a great movie or watching your favorite you know, drama show on Netflix or something. There's heroes and there's villains and there's ups and there's downs. And sometimes the hero is ahead and sometimes the hero is behind. Um, right. And there's, there's all these things. It's a big roller coaster. And then when the, the movie's over, you, you know, you're engaged in the experience, you're invested in the experience and you go through those ups and downs with the hero and you watch the story. And then when the movie's over, you say, that was great. I had a great time. And then you go back to your life, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and you say it was just a drama and it's all good. And sometimes I think when you're a fan of a sports team, it's good to have that attitude. It, it's a drama. You're watching a drama unfold. And even when your team's not doing well, you can still be invested in the story and enjoy watching the drama unfold and not take it so seriously that it makes you really unhappy. And this is appropriate right now because the Kraken ain't doing so great at the moment. I'm not talking about their overall season. I'm just saying within a season, the last five or six games have been pretty crap, right? And Golden Knights, I mean, my gosh, we'll get to them in a minute because the Golden Knights is another mess entirely and in some ways a worse mess, Uh, but we'll get to that. So yeah, Kraken, what are we talking here? Six game losing streak now, five, six game losing streak, depending on how you count it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So NHL.com has probably got it now as, uh, that we broke the the win the streak against Boston because it was an overtime loss, but you know, every real fan out there knows that that's complete crap and it's not, it's a loss is a loss is a loss, right? 
like mm-hmm. a win's a win's a win. Uh, but if you go back to your analogy, so the for the Kraken right now, it, I don't. It's I, I love that analogy by the way, but it's less drama at the moment and more horror film. <laughs> Uh, it's going. <laughs> so we talked about that the, the frightful fortnight, okay, and the six games that was going to be over two weeks with some pretty scary opponents in there, you know, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary, Boston. And this would be the kind of two weeks that would give Kraken fans a real kind of test as to how good is this team Ignore the beginning of the season, ignore some goaltending issues, but actually on paper now, how good is this team in comparison to, you know, what you were class as being contenders? So we're not talking about being able to be better than Tampa Bay or something like that. We're just saying, are you in the mix with these guys? Because if you are, these guys are your kind of benchmark for being playoff bound, mm-hmm. um, you know, except for the Islanders maybe, but the rest, the rest certainly are. Um, and it told us, that we were pretty far off the rest of the pace, if, if I'm being honest. I mean, just to quickly sum up the, the fortnight, so we had six games played. We had zero wins. We got one point, which was the overtime loss against Boston. We lost 6-2 to Toronto, 5-3 to Winnipeg, 2-1 to Calgary, 5-2 to Vancouver, 5-2, we love a 5-2, 5-2 to the Islanders, and then 3-2 to Boston. So it was some tough tough watching and what was interesting across those games because i had to reclaim the stats um mantra back from from yourself jp uh was when you actually break down the games because at first you look at that and you think i bet the goaltending was awful but when you look at the games the actual average goaltending for the last three games of which obviously we lost all three was actually nine one uh, I think it's nine oh seven is the average across those three games, and that's got Drieger in against Vancouver getting a nine eleven. Uh, Grubauer didn't have a great game against the Islanders, so he got eight eight six. But then against Boston, he was a nine two three. He was a nine four six against Calgary. So it's not like the goaltending's been particularly poor. But what you can see in all of these games is how off the pace we are against the other teams. I mean, we were outshot. In the Calgary game, the Winnipeg game, the Vancouver game, the and we're talking now by more than ten shots. So Calgary were outshot by fourteen, Vancouver nineteen, Islanders eleven, Boston twelve. So that means over the fortnight, we had seventy nine shots and we allowed one hundred twenty one shots. And regardless of who you've got in net, if you can't. You know, we we don't score enough goals to be that bad in terms of allowing shots on net. And then the other statistic that stands out for me more than anything else really is our face-off percentage, which is horrendous. I mean, we got 50% in the Winnipeg game. Every other game, it's sub-50. And three of the games, it's sub-45. So, you mean, you're being well and truly beaten by the opposition's, you know, centres. They'll, you know, mainly centers, but certainly the opposition's forwards. So mm-hmm. for me, you know, it's, it's been, a, it's a, it's a tough, it's tough to watch it right now. It's, it, I, I've, I've said many times this podcast that, you know, and I've infamously said not that long ago when we started winning a few games, this was as good as it was going to get. So I'm not surprised that they're losing games, but it is, it's tough to watch when it's game after game after game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team, 
kind of feels now, and this was, I guess, one of my fears when we started to fall away from being anywhere near kind of playoff bound, but it, it feels a little bit like they've given up, you know? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm sensing that a little, you know the team a lot better than I do, but um, it does feel like the performance has dropped, right? Like the mm-hmm. fi- maybe the fire. And I, you sometimes wonder th- this part of the season, you know, it's kind of like in baseball, they call it the dog days of summer. Like you get into that sort of hot part of the summer where you're two thirds, you know, three yeah. quarters of the way through the season are, you know, we're almost a little bit kind of in, in the NHL's dog days, right? This is that part of the season where you've been going at it a while. It, you're over halfway through. A lot of teams are tired. They're banged up. Um, yeah. And, and, and this is the part of the season where your drive and your, your heart and your determination is kind of what gets you the wins a lot of times. And if that's gone, uh, then a team's going to struggle. And right. We, you and I have talked about how the Kraken, there are times where even when they lose a game, you feel good about what they did, right? You're like, okay, yeah. they didn't win that one, but they gave it their all. And they had great, they had some really good moments. And I sense that lately, like you said, that, that we're not even seeing that at the moment, which leads me to my next question. You know, I've been the guy all season. It's like the Kraken are so, cl- I've been saying this all season on this show <laughs> that the Kraken are so close that they're within just a couple of tweaks of being a great team, you know, or mm-hmm. at least a good team, a competitive team, mm-hmm. right? They're just a couple tweaks and they're going to be, you know, at least in the mix, um, you know, kind of in the middle, the sort of the middle of the pack. Um, mm. So I guess my question is we've have a large enough sample size now. Mm-hmm. We've been watching this team for long enough and it's a little bit easier now to start making some broad judgments on how this team was constructed. And so do you think, are they close to taking a good step forward? Are we, is this going to be more of the same next season? Or do you think with a few moves, the Kraken can turn around next year and actually be like a middle of the pack team or even a little bit better? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the short answer is, is no. I don't think they're a couple of moves away from being a better team. I think it's further than we would like and further than maybe we thought earlier on in the season. Because a lot of the finger pointing kind of went to Grubauer. So a lot of people said, man, if we had better goaltending, we'd be there. And what's been proven over the last two weeks is we've had better goaltending. Not every night, of course. But you know, even the best goalies in the world, Shesterkin aside at the moment, but even the best goalies in the world will have a night that they get blown out. Like that's not... Like Robin Leonard's save percentage this year isn't isn't nine nine nine, so it's it it happens. Um, but there's there's a few things, and I've I've listed them here in terms of the bits that I where I think when Ron Francis constructed this team, his mentality was he's he had to choose what he had. They wanted to have cap space because they see that as an asset, and I think they're right to do that. But they need to use the asset, and they need to use the asset at the deadline and then you use the asset again in free agency but they were supposed to be defense first that's the way that he built this team and you know with the exception of Alexiak all our defenders have a minus in the plus minus and we're talking about pretty bad stats here so Vince Dunn who was the guy that we picked over Tarasenko which I know loads of people hated that choice you know, and I was one of the people that liked it, but he's he's got 20 points in 50 games. He's minus 20, supposed to be an offensive defenseman. 
Yes, he scores the occasional slap shot, but it's it's just not good enough on the defensive side. Um, Giordano, again, it wasn't that many years ago that he won the, the, the Norris Trophy. He's had 23 points in 48 games. He looks like a guy who is done, which is a bit disappointing. Um, I, I know he's supposed to be trade fodder at the moment, but I really don't know, other than experience in the locker room, who's going to pick him up. He got very annoyed when he was against Calgary. And I think part of that is because he's seeing them killing it and probably thinking, Jesus Christ, what on earth am I doing here? Which, yeah, fair enough. Um, But he's minus 20 as well. Uh, Adam Larson, who's supposed to be a defensive defenseman, so he's only got 15 points in 54 games. That's not too much of a concern because he's never been lights out. But he's a minus 17. So they're just not what they thought they were going to be. And you know, sometimes when you put a team together, and this is where I guess with Vegas, you're either going to get uh, lightning in a bottle, or you're going to get, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the other equivalent is to lightning in a bottle. You know, a, 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 a fart in a tub. I have no <laughs> idea, but whatever it is, right? Because you've got like <laughs> oh, that's perfect, this, man. I, well, the fart in a tub. No that's that's, one, that's right? it. There that's the, pretty that's much it. the opposite. So, yeah. <laughs> I should have just started with that and just said, there you go, that's my summarization for the uh, for the Kraken. But like, they've got these players that some of their parts, we said this last week about Vegas, that some of their parts was better than on paper. Whereas for the Kraken, it's the opposite. Mm. Like on paper, you look at this defense and you they think, should be wow, better. this should be pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And then you see them in the flesh and you go, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. So, so I'm not sure what you do with that. I don't know whether that's coaching. I don't know whether that's, they, you know, a head coach change would change that or whether they just need more time or it's just a couple of tweaks. But the defense doesn't work right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other bit is 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 up the middle. So when we took Alex Wenberg, we, you know, he's supposed to be a top-line center or Wenberg if you want to get uh, more German. Uh, and, like, he's not a top-six center right now. He's third-liner at best which isn't too big of an issue because we've got the cap space to take his contract. But the problem we have right now is we need him to be a top-line center because we don't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. He's got 23 points in 54 games, which which is only four goals in that. And compare that to last year where he had 56 games because that was all he had in the season, and he had 17 goals and 30 points. So he's minus 16 to this basically this year in comparison to last year when he was at Florida and he wasn't having to be a top-line center. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 18 minutes a night. So this guy's on the ice for a long time and he's got a below 50% face-off percentage, which is not good enough when you're, when you're a center. You know, mm-hmm. If you're constantly losing at the dots, then you are constantly giving possession to the other team, which is why we're getting outshot because we can't win a face-off. You know, one of the benefits of having someone like a Jonathan Taves or you know, a Patrick, a Patrice Bergeron or, you know, one of the other centers that names that I'm going to horrendously pronounce, but all those centers, right. Is that you've got somebody that you can go, right. We're in a defensive situation here. That's the line we're going to put out because he's going to win a face off. Mm-hmm. And we just don't have that. Yanni Gord is another one. And I like these players, but you know, just because I like them doesn't mean we can't criticize their performance today. He's had 46 game this year. He's had 29 points. Right. He's minus 13. That's, He's doing two minutes a night more with the Kraken than he was with Tampa, mm-hmm. but his production is less. Right. Yes, he's not playing with Kucherov and Kalorn and all the other players. You know that he was he was around there, so maybe that's that. But 
like he was seen as being one of the reasons why Tampa Bay won their cups. Like he was seen as being like they were gutted that they lost him to the Kraken. Mm-hmm. You know, they did not want to give him up. It helped on the cap side, but they didn't want to have to give him up. And he's got the same as well. He's a below fifty percent faceoff guy. So if if you if to answer your question, is this two tweaks and then the Kraken's a contender? I just don't I just don't see it. I think they would have to they're gonna to have to be active in free agency. Um and and they're gonna to have to just kind of accept they are they're not gonna trade their way out of this, I think is one of what I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Matty Bernier who will who will undoubtedly play in the NHL next year. I, I think it's almost it's almost certain that he he won't they're not gonna take him out of the NCAA and, and then just sit him in the AHL. That would that would seem pointless. So either he'll be at college next year or he'll be in the NHL. I think it's as simple as that. You know, but it's you know the kids, the kids young. It's it's, it's like it would be unrealistic to expect that by putting Matty Bernier as a center, like wow, now the Kraken are you know competing with with the best. I just don't see it, and mm-hmm. we kind of felt like we had an, an advantage in the Pacific because we weren't expecting the Kings to be as good as they are. We weren't expecting the Ducks to be as good as they are. Whereas now, I'm, you're kind of looking at division, thinking, no crap, we are we are the worst team in it and we are the worst team in it. Like um, Mm -hmm. obviously we are because we are in the standings, but we are the worst team in it as in on our, on our good days. I still don't think there is that we would, you know, right. If we were playing a seven game series against any one of those teams in the Pacific, I don't see the Kraken winning more than maybe one or two games, Mm. even if they were fully fit. So even if we had Schwartz, Tanev, obviously these players are missing right now, they're big losses. So, so for me, for us to be a contender next year would be something amazing would have to happen in free agency. Mm-hmm. We would have to kind of do what you guys did when you got um, Petrangelo and others. Obviously, you know, you traded for Stone. Kraken aren't going to do that because they're not going to trade their first round pick. But we need somebody in free agency who's going to be that elite level player. But, uh, you know... <laughs> problem with this season and there'll be plenty of Kraken fans doing it is you now go back to the expansion draft and hindsight is 2020 Mm -hmm. so you know this is kind of a pointless statement but everybody's thinking it which is we kind of built a team that was going to be tough to beat and we're getting blown out yeah so by that its own admission there the team that was chosen I think if he had his chance again, Ron Francis, I don't think he'd pick the same team. He'll never say that. He'll always say, "No, I would do of the same not. as I did." Yeah, yeah. But I think in you know if if he was there, attached to a lie detector, mm-hmm. he would probably be looking at someone like Tarasenko, and thinking, "Yeah, I should have taken him." Like he's, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he's not re-injured himself. He is back to full fitness. He is scoring points. These are all the fears that they had when they didn't take mm-hmm. him. Um, so. So yeah, I think Kraken fans are gonna buckle in yeah. for another season of uh of it being a bit tough, I think. What would you be happy like what kind of improvements? Realistic improvements. So not even talking mm-hmm. about being a contender, what would you consider realistically for this team? What kind of realistic improvements could be made? next season and what what would be a realistic expectation that you as a fan would be satisfied with like 
Are we talking <laughs> like you're going to start to feel good when they can be a middle of the pack team, when they can be kind of a wild card team, or even if they can just improve on this year's record? I mean, like what's a realistic yeah, expectation yeah. for a Kraken fan to have, right? Because you always want it to get better, but you also, you know, you, you don't expect think- them to go from being last in the pacific to winning the division either right so no what's- no no and, and and look like you know la and and the ducks have proven you can change a lot in a season in one season you know both those two teams were awful last year mm-hmm. um and that they're, they're both you know there or thereabouts this year but for the kraken i think a realistic season for us next year is just to be in games mm-hmm. you know if we if we have a a, a you know, we don't make the playoffs next year, but we're not getting blown out 6-2 every game, then I think the fans will feel happier watching. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, like we don't want them to sacrifice the future to try and be average now. Like That's, that's, a, that's a really bad GM strategy. Mm-hmm. Next year, the top two picks in the draft are, and you know, this isn't, I, I would be saying this if we were top in the division, but anybody that knows the 2023 draft knows that Connor Bedard is the only player who's looked like he's going to be the next McDavid. And he he seriously does look like that. He went to mm. the Olympic Games and looked as good as you would expect. Every time this kid gets challenged, he is he proves everybody wrong. He's already playing in the WHL, I think, um, but he's already playing like the year above where he should be, and, mm-hmm. and and I know other players have had that, but this kid, like Shane Wright, was supposed to be the next McDavid, and I think he'll be a great player, but I don't think he's ever going to get to that like franchise level of player mm-hmm. like a Patrick Kane, you know, kind of McDavid, a Vetchkin, that kind of style. Whereas Bedard seriously looks like that player, so it would be criminal for the franchise. And it'll be the sort of thing that we'd look back on in 10 years and be like, that was what killed it. For us to go into free agency, to spend an absolute cake load of money and then be like either a first round exit or miss the playoffs by a few points, but never really have any chance of actually of winning it anyway. Mm. Like, don't do that. I mean, I think it was Gizmo that said it on our interview last week. Just stick to the plan. Stay if you're going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. then fine. Just accept that, yeah. you know. Trade the players you can trade, mm-hmm. get the picks, stock up over the next two years. The fan mm-hmm. base will forgive you if you win a if you win a Stanley Cup in the next ten years. You know, yeah. so yeah, just be strong. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's like kind of like Yoda and Star Wars, right? Like do or do not. <laughs> there is no try. Or kind of like Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid. You know, he's yeah. like you karate do. Yes, you're okay. You do you karate do no, you're okay. You karate do so so squash like grape. I don't know if you remember that from <laughs> and so it's true. You, you they have to yeah. stay they have to stick to the decision they made because if they, they try to change course now, like you said the team has already been constructed with that plan in mind. If they yeah. try if they try to change now and take more like yeah, like the Knights approach where you're just trading like crazy and building the team instantly to win now, then like you said, they're gonna blow their cap space and also perhaps not contend, right? Because the team wasn't built mm-hmm. that way. Right. They have built well, the team has been built with a longer term plan in mind, like you said, exactly. draft draft picks and and sort of building depth through the organization over years. Mm-hmm which, you know, arguably could be a smarter way to go in the long run. But you're right. What that means is 
not only does the organization have to have patience, but the fans yeah. have so, to have and, patience. So they, right? they need to do that now. You know, like yeah. I think a lot of people have thought this team was built for the future. So what I want to see Ron Francis do is, you know, just get off that fence and get trading, you know, get mm-hmm. your phone. He may be doing this, by the way. So you know, he, he made this, he's not, he's not been WhatsApping or texting me telling me what he's been doing. So I'm sure, I'm sure he has, but like Jan Croak, sign him or trade him. It's as simple as that. Jared mm-hmm. McCann. I like the guy. I'd love to see him as a, as a, you know, as a Kraken top six forward for the, for, for the rest of his career, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's not going to sign a deal or if he wants too much money, then trade him. You know, right. he's not the only top six forward out there that can score 25 goals. Right. And just don't, you know, the fan base needs to understand that as well. Don't get too attached to these players in the first years because they've got to, they've got to think like a business. A bit like the Flurry decision. Let's not go to that. But a bit like the Flurry decision in terms of what's best for this team, you know. And it's the same with Giordano. I, I don't know why he's still wearing a Kraken shirt. They just yeah. need, to, they need to trade him and to take right. the picks, accept where this season is. And right. like you said, be stronger for it in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's definitely a patience is key kind of situation. Mm. And, um, that's a great segue into another fan base whose patience <laughs> is being tested <laughs> at the moment. Yes. Yes, it is. And, uh, that is yeah. the golden Knights fan base. Um, and I, we talked about this last week when Gizmo was on as the guest, I am, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, notoriously a positive i i'm a notoriously a positive-minded fan i put a positive <laughs> spin and i'm gonna you try do. i'm gonna try to do that today as well but my my perspective on this team has changed a little bit over the last two or three weeks um and i have to call it like i see it and some of the some of the fans on Twitter, especially are still kind of stick clinging to that, that the team's going to be all right. The team's going to be fine. The team's going to be fine. You know what? Fair enough. Like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with just sort of leaning into like the, I believe in the team, they can do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I do too. I'm pulling for these guys. Of course I want the team to turn it around, but what I'm seeing on the ice uh, for the first time for the Knights. And, and for just a quick recap, you know, the Knights have lost, I think it's five of the last six. And it, they're losing in weird ways to different teams. You know, they've lost to the Coyotes away. They, they you know, then they turn around and actually yeah. give the Avalanche, you know, today they give the Avalanche uh, a pretty good game, you know, where they had to mm-hmm. lead for most of the game. game. And, you know, they didn't look, terrible they actually look pretty decent in that game but still managed to lose um this team is not at the level of the colorado avalanche right now you know in a seven game series right now these two teams against each other the knights would not be able to take colorado the way they're playing right now now once again the you know the injury bug continues players are still hurt but on an even deeper level the injuries can't be the excuse anymore on an even deeper level. Something is not right in the organization with this team. There's something going on with their drive or their fire Mm -hmm. or their passion. And I can't put my finger on what it is. And the golden Knights are notoriously private. Uh, NHL is private, but there are a lot of teams where you will hear about locker room dustups or you'll hear about things that go on behind <laughs> the scenes and the press will talk about it. Mm-hmm. The Golden Knights are notoriously private. I mean, you 
you will not hear a word about what's going on in that locker room about interpersonal things. Like you remember when all that drama happened with um, Eric Carlson, when he was still on the senators and there was an issue with Eric Carlson and some other players. Mike Hoffman. Yeah, Yeah. right, right. This is Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that in the golden Knights organization, you don't hear about this stuff. They are notoriously private. Now I'm just spitballing here. But I, what I see is a team that, that does not, something in the locker room's not right. It's either, it's either DeBoer has lost the team a little bit or they're worn down from the constant string of injuries this year. It could just be that they've lost heart because of that. But in terms of the team's spirit, the compete level, it's just not there. Yeah. They, do, they do not have any fire and it's, They've been fighting for it all season and they have shown flashes of it, but from game to game, you just, you never know what you're going to get. And, um, actually it was an interesting comment from, uh, one of my Twitter buddies said that they sat on, on, they, they got seats right behind the bench, uh, for the abs game. Was it today? I think, or it might've been the Coyotes uh, game. Well, for you, no, but yes. What's <laughs> today, that? Yeah. 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 But yeah. For you, obviously slightly different, but yes. Yes. Today, yeah. Yes. 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 I should uh, clarify. I'm traveling right now. I'm overseas, which is why the sound is a little <laughs> different and we've switched up the hosting. We're just trying to mix it up a little here, but yes. So my time of day is, is a little out of whack, but, um, uh, based on where I am on the planet, but, um, but yeah, this, uh, Twitter buddy of mine posted that he had seats right behind the bench and, he could feel it now, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I thought it was interesting. He, he could kind of feel like watching the bench mm. that the team, they don't, they don't seem to be having a good time. And when you watch on television, the, the golden Knights of the past, when they would show close-ups of the guys on the bench, they're talking to each other. They're laughing. They're having laughing, a blast. Yeah. 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 And the Knights are not doing that right now. And they haven't been that team this season. Now I'm not saying the sky's falling. I'm not saying that they may not contend this year. <laughs> you know, we don't really know that stuff. I'm just calling it like I see it. And, and, and you know, it's, uh, I believe in this team. I love this team. I wish them the best. I hope they figure it out. But you also have to objectively look at what you're seeing on the ice. And, and you know, as fans, we're going to look at that. We're going to analyze it. And that's what I see. I see a team that has lost something and maybe they'll find it. Sometimes teams go through that and they figure it out. Right. Um, but one way or the other, uh, for the first time ever, or at least the first time this season, but for the, for really the first time ever, I think the Knights are in danger of possibly missing the playoffs this year. I mean, that's a bold prediction, but listen, I said this last week, I said, there are a couple losses away from slipping out of the mix and they lost mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> and Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And they're currently in third, but listen, if you don't get this figured out fast, let's say they lose three more. Now what? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be harder with Calgary playing the way they are. You know, the Kings are looking pretty good. Um, you know, Edmonton may get back into the mix. I mean, there's enough that the top four or five teams are all winning at a reasonable clip. You know, and I've had some fans say, oh, there's 30 games left. But when you're chasing teams that are winning at that pace, it's hard to make up six or eight points. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's starting to get pretty dire, in my opinion. I mean, what do you think, Ian? Am I overreacting? I think at this point in the season, they got to turn it around quick. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, 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 we said after the um, All-Star game that this was where DeBoer had to take them all in the room and say, hope you enjoyed that, lads, because it's now game time, right? Mm-hmm. It's now this is the serious section. That's hard to say, but right. serious section of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and it is because the way the Vegas are tracking right now, it's really interesting what you said about the locker room, and I'll, I'll come to flick to that in a second, but the, the way they're tracking right now, like they won't make the playoffs because if it if somebody else turns it on, mm-hmm. like they're out. They are out. Know? And yep. to rely on a wild card when you've got the central division, which is notoriously strong, mm-hmm. you know, you're hoping that only three teams from that go through, or only four. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, we predicted at the beginning of the season, we thought it would be five from the central and three from the Pacific. And you know, St. Louis looked good, the Avalanche obviously looked great. Um, you know, Minnesota look good. So there's your probably your three there, but you've also got Dallas in the mix, kind mm-hmm. of. Chicago, maybe, but unlikely. So if Vegas do get in for a wildcard spot, it's only because a couple of teams in the central aren't where they should be either. Um but yeah. It's I've been trying to put my finger on what what why if why are the knights not the knights and that's not stupid because the team's only been there for you know five or six years but it doesn't feel like the knights and i you know i can't i can't i've looked at the stats and other than the fact that you give up a lot of goals and you are very leaky at the back i can't really see anything for it um you know yes you haven't got an out and out scorer but then i looked back through previous seasons and you were right jp other than um Probably Pacioretty, you haven't really had that in the previous years either. So that's not an obvious reason as to why you would go from, you know, black to white. But um it's 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 strange. The only thing that that I would this it's got it has to be the locker room. And whether that's something that's gone on, whether there's still bad feeling because of the flurry trade, which I just don't see the guys maybe taking it as to heart quite like the fans did, because I think a lot of the players kind of know how this system works. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they understand. It's like when you get traded, you know, that so many players, don't they? They talk about trade deadline as being a really nervous day because they know that their whole family could get uprooted, mm-hmm. you know, by a phone call. So these players understand that. So I don't think we would see them reacting, but you know, yeah. I, I I just don't see them snapping out of it, and it's it's a concern. I think if you miss the playoffs, then a bit like like we were saying about the crack and not, we don't you know don't want a middle. I think it would be at a point then where there would have to be some serious questions asked as to as to what do you change because you can't afford for this to become mm-hmm. what they are. It's too much money invested. Mm-hmm. It it would be considered missing the playoffs would be considered a massive failure with the way this team is organized and structured and, and the, and the way mm-hmm. this team has been built and the winning culture that Bill Foley, the owner has put into place during this win now window. If they miss the playoffs, it will be considered a massive failure within the organization. And, um, you know, listen, it some, should, it sh- absolutely should. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. fans, they start kind of, you know, picking on individual members of the organization you know, I, I don't claim to be smart enough to know what change should be made. I don't think it's necessarily DeBoer's fault. I mean, he could have a part to play in that, but if a coach has kind of lost the locker room, there's only so much that could be done. You know, DeBoer has proven that he's, you know, a, a highly skilled coach, but 
that sometimes is the first thing to happen right now. I'm not going to predict that the DeBoer is going to get let go. There's, there's 30, 30 games left, but Gallant got let go when the team was right about here. The team was hovering. I think the team was in third hovering right around wild card and they were slipping. And that's when he got canned. Now I think part of that was that DeBoer was available, right? So it wasn't just that they needed to make a change. It was that there was, another coach that was a good fit. And so the fact that DeBoer was available, they made their move. So I'm not saying that I don't know that doing something right now that we could necessarily expect that, but if they miss the playoffs, you have to think that during the summer, uh, during the off season, that something's probably going to happen. I mean, maybe not, maybe not, but with the way this in this organization, I'm not saying that would happen in all teams, but this organization (laughs) wants a cup, tomorrow right yeah. and missing an entire playoff window you know it's one whole accept- it won't be acceptable it won't be acceptable um no. yeah it's uh it's strange and i've watched this team so closely for four or five years now and this is the first time i've seen this kind of biz- it's a bizarre it's a different you know and some of the fans are piping in and blaming this on Oh, it's, you know, they tore apart the misfits and they traded Marc-Andre Fleury. And that's why this is happening. Hogwash. <laughs> it's not, it's not because of those things. <laughs> you, you can't pin it on, on one, one thing. thing. No. There, this is a no. very complicated, you know, the sports teams and the way they work and their chemistry, it's much more complicated than that. It's highly complex. I do think that there's some sort of systemic thing going on here that's making this team constantly injured though. I don't think it's just bad luck. We talked about this last week. I, I do think either they're exhausted, you know, from going deep every year, you know, there, there, but there are some systemic things that are going on here that is keeping this team from clicking. Are the injuries a factor? Absolutely. But it doesn't explain the lack of heart, right? The lack of yeah. psychological engagement in the game. Yep. Um, and it's, it's a bizarre thing. I wish that I could, I wish that I had a better understanding of what's going on and what causes this kind of stuff to happen with teams, but, uh, uh, you know, and we'll see, maybe, maybe they'll hang in there. Maybe they'll make the playoffs and maybe it'll be good. But, uh, you know, I think yeah. a lot of fans don't realize because this is unique in the history of the team. I don't think a lot of fans realize that we're actually at the critical point here. They really needed to win. They needed to beat the Avs. Uh, wow. and they didn't. They needed- <laughs> yeah, they needed to beat Arizona, to be honest, because they right. needed to snap out of the funk right. before they got to the Avs. Right. Um, and just very quickly on the Arizona game, I mean, like, who the hell is Scott Wedgwood? I mean, like, this guy <laughs> is is dreadful. <laughs> right. For, right. like, if he plays 30 games, he's yeah. dreadful yeah. for 29 of them. Yeah. And then suddenly out of nowhere, like, he, like it's like he's got this little... It's it's almost like he pretends to be crap, right? Because he can just turn it on, mm-hmm. and then he's you know he's what forty five saves, right, against the the Golden Knights, and the only reason that that you know, when I was watching and they, I did watch that one in full, which was very depressing, but um, it gave me horrific flashbacks to when he faced the Kraken, and he was also like you know right. some sort of yeah. You know, some God between the pipes. Right. And I just thought, like, you're an AHL goalie. I'm not yeah. being horrible, but you are not a 45, excuse me, save man. Like, you're just not it. Like, you aren't, you're, that's not who you are. So, 
it's they're making him look good yeah <laughs> they're, making, they're making him look good yeah exactly so it was just i think you need you needed that i mean this is this is the critical part of the season and yeah. of course it is because it's the end right mm-hmm. of, of course it's the critical part of the season but right. i fans would be wrong to think that you know there's plenty of time to turn this around mm-hmm. i think you're wrong to blame and not you by the way but i think mm-hmm. fan base would be wrong to blame injuries mm-hmm. because every team has them Right, and Nathan McKinnon has been out for long spells this season, mm-hmm. and the Avs have, you know, like Nate, uh, Kadri stepped up. They've had Burakovsky stepped up, so mm-hmm. they've, they, you know, the whole next man up thing has happened. Absolutely, in other teams, yeah. Um, and the and the Vegas Golden Knights form, if you look at it over the course of the season, like it was probably its strongest when you were having the injuries. I mean, it's been worse over the last right. couple of months, where arguably you've you've been. You've still had injuries, but you've been fitter than like the beginning of the season was particularly bad. Um, but it's it's momentum's a wonderful thing in sport, and you win a couple of games in a row, and everything we're talking about right now, JP gets forgotten about pretty quick. So they just need absolutely they need to buy a win, right? To, mentally, just to get the okay, right? Mm-hmm. We're back in the W column, right. and then. They need to they need to put together a good streak. So next ten games, they need to be winning six, seven, eight of the next ten. Absolutely, yeah. It is not. It yeah. I'm certainly not saying it's too late. You know, for any of, of our listeners of right now, as we speak right now, it is mm-hmm. not too late. If they can if they can get back into the W column, they're in third place. They can. St- it's still possible to hang in there. But yes, I definitely yeah. like you said. I'm I'm worried only because. There isn't much room left to keep losing at this point. It just, you lose two or three more in a row or in the next, like you said, the next five or 10 games, let's say you lose half of those even. Yeah. Then you it's know, then you're, dicey. it's, it's going to get real dicey real quick. And then you're going to be getting to that point at the end of the season where you're fighting for your life, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you have to, you get to the point where it's like, okay, there's four games left in the season. And if we win all four of them, we'll grab a wild card spot, right? That's the kind of, that's what they're going to be looking <laughs> yeah. at. And that's not a good position to be in. I mean, you're going to play no, desperate, right? It's horrible. But yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's horrible. then it's, you're basically, you're in a playoff elimination situation every game before the playoffs even start. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is tiring, you know, which is, you know, further, absolutely. What about oh. it being like banging up and, and, and it taking a lot out of the guys. You know, if you start having to, if mm-hmm. every game becomes a Stanley cup final, that mm-hmm. is, yeah, that is tiring. Yeah. And, and the, it's, the Stanley Cup is Before already the, the hardest cup start. to win in all sport. Yeah, exactly. So right. on the DeBoer exactly. thing, just very quickly, I don't see DeBoer being sacked in the season because I think you're 100% right in terms of what you said about Gallant, which is if DeBoer hadn't been available, would they have stuck with Gallant? I'm not sure they would have done the whole season, but they probably would have given him longer than they did. Um, yes, yeah. You know, this, and a lot of people are probably going to be looking at the Rangers right now and saying, God, if we hadn't done that, blah, blah, blah. But right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, there's nobody available right now who, who jumps out to me as that's the guy you put in. Right. So I think DeBoer's sat there. It's a, it's a, it's a seat, which is, you know, like one of those car seats where you've clicked the button and it's mm-hmm. gradually getting hotter. Like that seat is going to get hotter <laughs> and hotter and hotter up. as the season goes up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he's going to be on it until... Either you make the playoffs mm-hmm. and then his fate will be decided by that. Because I think if you don't make the conference final, he's gone yeah. as well. Yeah, you're probably right. Or Even you if you don't they make, make the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. he's sacked. Yeah. He'll go and you'll spend the off season probably making a couple of trades and mm-hmm. getting a new coach. Yeah. Because Vegas will not 
like the ownership wanted a cup the first season they came in right and because you guys got so close mm-hmm. it's like that white line fever you get in in in, <laughs> yeah. in rugby and other sports like yeah. you're so close you can taste it you you exactly. want it now exactly so they're not going to accept right like you know they're not going to rebuild they're not going to take a step back they're mm-hmm. not going to take a breather for one season no no like, they'll they'll keep going they for will it. just keep going yeah, yeah, yeah they absolutely will and um you know, like, you know me, Ian, I always like to put a positive bow on things if I can. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. all of that being said, we're, you know, we're calling it like we see it. Like it's, it's important to be a realist and call what you see. Like, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can deny that the team has not been good lately. They just have not been at their best. But, you know, all that being said, I, I love this team. I believe in this team and I'm mm-hmm. invested. I am invested in the drama. And even when they don't play well, you know, I'm invested in watching this team work their yeah. way through these struggles. And you know what? It, even if they do get to the end of the season and they don't make the playoffs, it's not the end of the world. They could probably use the rest, to be honest. You know, don't get me wrong. I want them to make the playoffs, and I still think it's a strong possibility that they will. However, you know, we're not used to seeing this kind of adversity with this organization this is not something that they've dealt with much in the life of the franchise. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's an adjustment for some fans, for some diehard fans, you know, the, um, it's, it's the first time, not the first time, but one of a few times where they've seen this kind of trouble. And it's probably the only time they've seen this kind of trouble this late in the season, you know, it's yeah, in definitely. the past, it's been earlier in the season and they've been able to turn it around. But, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be watching every game and, and hoping for the best. And, um, you know, we, we still have a lot of exciting things going on with the team. We're watching Eichel get better every game, right? Eichel's finding his form. And if it's a huge, if, <laughs> but if the team can get somewhat healthy, um, it might be easier for them to turn this around now, but we've been saying that all year. Right. And it's, you, you can't just wait for that to happen right? You still have to get out there and play these games and they may just not, right? It's, it may just, it might, might not be in the cards for the team to get fully healthy this year. It kind of feels that way, doesn't it? (laughs) 40 or 50, 60 games in, they may just never get healthy. I mean, DeBoer's even said that. I think it was DeBoer that said that. He's like, well, that just may never happen. We may not get healthy this year. And he's right. It may not. In fact, it's looking very likely with Mark Stone being out now that it won't. Right. Exactly. So, but, um, but still as a reminder to myself and you and all other fans, right. Enjoy the ride. You know, it's a, it's a big drama and this look, we're sitting here talking about it. It's fun, right? Even when your team's not doing well, it's fun to, <laughs> to talk about the drama and what's going on. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. still engaged in the experience and I'm, you know, I'm still trying to enjoy myself. I am, I, you know, cursed a little bit when I saw the score flip over today, I wasn't able to watch, uh, the whole game, but I was keeping up with the score and, uh, listening to the radio broadcast here and there. Cause I was busy doing some other stuff, but I let out an expletive when, uh, when I saw that they had, uh, that the abs had taken the lead because <laughs> I knew what yeah. that probably meant <laughs> that they weren't going to win, but, uh, Hey, yeah. it's all part of the experience. Right. So, uh, It'll be, it'll be, it's going to be interesting that the last, this last stretch of the season for the golden Knights is going to be full of drama, no doubt. So, uh, mm. I think you've covered it all and it's great. I think you're right in terms of being positive. Um, you know, yeah. the, I, I still, if you guys can turn it around in what we were saying about Vegas on paper, if you get in, you've got a good chance of going deep in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. the playoffs. 
it doesn't guarantee whether you get in that you're going to win it. And likewise, you've got to be in it to win it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, the, the Kraken are in a totally different position to, to the Knights, even though it probably feels like there's some similarities between the two fan bases. So you guys have got a lot to be happy about in terms of who is on the ice and what they're capable mm-hmm. of. Even if they're not showing you right now, like you are capable of being arguably one of the best teams in the NHL. And you just mm-hmm. got to find it. And let's see what we're doing. Let's see if just a week from now. Um, and, you know, we'll see where the nights are and how, how people feel. But a couple of wins. And, uh, you know, some of the people who talk to us regularly on Twitter, they'll be sleeping a little easier with smiles yeah, on their faces right. and they'll feel a bit better. Yeah. That's right. That's the great thing about sports. You never know what's going to happen next. We could be having a completely different conversation. Um, a week from now and sometimes a little adversity uh, like this or a lot of adversity can ultimately be a good thing for a team sometimes that's can be what what it takes to light a fire under a team and uh, get them going on a streak but um you you are you are definitely the positive one out of the two of us there there is no (laughs) we can't switch roles there man i'm afraid i can try but i can't exactly you are the positive one i can sit in the host seat as much as i like but we're not going to switch roles there (laughs) are we not there but uh well um with that being said uh thanks ian as always a great hockey conversation here and thanks to our listeners for tuning in uh we've seen continual growth week after week and we really appreciate you guys uh spending time with us and uh, all of your comments and your feedback and um be sure to share your questions with us on twitter or on uh, the mailbag feature on the website uh, we always like to hear your thoughts and uh, and we'll definitely respond there as well as uh, on the podcast if it's a if it's a question that you have for us here so uh with that being said thanks for listening stay safe and uh, let's hope for a better week both of our teams and uh, we'll see you next time bye bye